Welcome to the Elevate podcast. My name is Sarah Hopkins. And I'm Amanda Noga, and these are conversations to elevate your health, relationships, and soul. Hey, it's Amanda. I'm quickly popping in to tell you about a special offer that you won't find anywhere else but here. So with the code ELEVATE, that's E-L-E-V-A-T-E, simply pop that in to receive your first month off free in Paths to You. And once you're inside, there's a suggestion of exactly how to start your journey. Of course, you can also choose your own adventure, create your own pathway, maybe starting with Ayurveda and discovering your dosha, maybe moving through the passion, power and purpose workshops, which is all about living a more meaningful life. And you'll have unlimited support through all of the embodiment and yoga practices. One of the most beautiful things about Paths to You is that you'll receive access to our free and private membership area, which is where your like-minded, like-hearted crew are hanging out. And you'll also get access to my online class, which happens once a month, where you can ask me any questions that you might have about your practice, about health, and of course, soul alignment. So I hope you find this episode super elevating and I'll see you in Paths to You. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Elevate podcast. As you can see from the title, today we are talking about contraception. Sexy time. Such a big topic. Oh man, it's a good one. Um, in Ayurveda, sleep, diet and sex is are the three main pillars of life. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about in terms of health and well-being mm. and relationships, mm. obviously. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the pill. We're going to talk about the other options of um, hormonal contraception and alternative methods of contraception and, yeah, all the stuff that we think and feel about this topic. So let's dive in. So I suppose I've shared parts of this story before, but I feel it's super pertinent to this episode to share my story with the contraceptive pill. So I started on the contraceptive pill when I was a teenager, probably 13, and I think it's so long ago that I don't really remember why. I mean, I wasn't even sexually active at the time that I was given the contraceptive pill, and it was for, it must have been heavy periods or something like that oh and my skin I had um, some acne and things like that which was obviously not fun and so I stayed on the contraceptive pill sort of blissfully ignorant until my 20s when I started reading about thankfully started expanding my consciousness and actually through friends that were yogis you know came across some um, different amazing authors and started reading about probably some of the health stuff although this was a long time ago so we didn't quite have as much sort of research around the adverse effects of the contraceptive pill at the time but also you know the the sort of spiritual implications around the pill so I started thinking oh this isn't good it's suppressing my natural cycle it's suppressing me my natural hormones that are making me a woman I'm going to stop taking the pill so I stopped taking the pill and as I've probably told before I waited for my period to come back 
and it basically didn't come and it basically didn't come for 10 years and obviously you know perhaps there were other factors at play but you know I definitely being on the pill for that extended period of time from early adolescence into mid-adulthood was you know a major contributing factor to chronic amenorrhea for years after and I have seen if not hundreds dozens of young women that are coming to me with exactly the same sort of symptoms where they are coming off the pill and unfortunately finding that they aren't menstruating or that things are not working as they expect them to so you know and this I I suppose my story was a long time ago it really uh, consolidated what I was already thinking and feeling about contraception Um, and you know now I think the research has caught up and really is fairly conclusively showing that most contraceptive devices are super problematic what, what do you think? But they're still over-prescribed Definitely. and um, really, really common. Um, I too went on the pill when I was in high school and was on it for about 10 years. And yeah, I mean, the way that I got off it was by mistake. And I went on a trip somewhere, forgot to take my pills with me and then basically ended up feeling really really good off it and feeling not just good but feeling like myself and that was quite different than how I had been feeling which was emotional and crazy and Mm. schizophrenic um so basically I never went back on and it wasn't planned and it wasn't for health reasons it was just like whoa such a difference in how I felt but over I think it was Maybe in that same year, I did a Ayurvedic detox, which is called a Panchakarma. And I think that really, really helped to get the synthetic hormones out of my system more quickly than what they would have naturally. And in saying that, I still feel like it took about three years until I felt completely clear. My periods came back pretty regularly. It wasn't a drama. But I feel like it did still take maybe two or three years for my skin to normal out, my weight to balance out, like all of the kind of factors. And just to feel like it was out, like I was clear of all that synthetic hormone. So it does accumulate. And I don't know why on earth we are putting young, healthy girls on such an intense drug. I mean, let's just take a step back and talk about, or not even a step back, but I wholeheartedly agree with you. But, you know, this, it's an epidemic really of people using a pharmaceutical drug of some description to suppress a natural process that is essential for the healthy functioning of a woman's physiology. We are designed to ovulate and menstruate every let's say 28 to 30 days that is roughly and obviously there's variations in that but that is basically our biological imperative it's you know we our fertile years are punctuated by 30 day cycles of ovulation and menstruation all of the other you know processes in our body which is one big homeostatic mechanism feeds into all of the other things you know our hormones affect our bones 
you know, they affect our liver, they affect our digestive system, they affect our neurotransmitter production. It's just all part of a homeostatic feedback mechanism. And we want to shut that down so that we don't conceive. Is it that? It's not even that anymore. It's it's no, like so that we're not bothered by this major inconvenience that a period is kind of marketed to be or culturally kind of mainstream culturally understood to be this horrible thing that you have to endure every month and I think a lot of women at least in my kind of bubbly circles are starting to reframe that for themselves and know that there's real power in the period and to not only for all of the health reasons that you mentioned um but you know the emotional mental and energetic components of having a regular cycle or at least a you know a natural cycle whether it's regular or not is sort of you know that's aside but to have a yeah a cycle that is your own body's rhythm and way of releasing each month mentally emotionally physically it's so so key to who we are and no wonder we're all feeling overwhelmed and crazy because that part of our body has been shut down and stifled and manipulated for so long definitely yeah so you know i mean there's we won't go in this too deeply into the adverse effects of all of the contraception um and we will maybe touch on all of the different contraceptive devices in a minute but you know the research is pretty conclusive that the contraceptive pill just to to sort of um specify and hone in on one that has an adverse effect on our microbiome so if you go into pubmed and you type contraceptive pill gut health you'll come out with a whole lot of studies like reputable double blind placebo all of the shimozzle that you need to really you know quantify the fact that this thing is affecting our microbiome which is arguably one of the most if not the most important sort of organ systems in the body or or systems or organs anyway so you know it's just it beggars belief why to me why we're still sort of really on mass using yeah subscribing and i think you're right that for a lot of women it's more convenient to just skip the the sugar pills and keep going and not have their period but as i was going to say i think it's also now become i think maybe because the pharmaceutical companies are identifying that at some point they're going to realize that it's not a good idea to take this pill but now they're also adding in other things like yes it reduces allegedly reduces endometriosis which it doesn't or you know helps with heavy bleeding it helps with acne there's all these other things that it is purported to help which are actually sometimes symptoms of imbalances that need to be addressed in the body that they're masking with these pills that could possibly be worked out and balanced out through the body's own natural rhythms and cycles exactly like the acne or you know the weight stuff or whatever people are worried about or whatever the doctor is selling them as the kind of pitchable advertising of why they might want to get on the pill and you know we can't brush over the fact that it's a massive pharmaceutical industry oh it's 
it's completely like not to get conspiracy theorist but you know it's being pushed by an industry that is a gazillion dollar industry you know so it's being encouraged and certainly you know of all of the types of contraception the contraceptive pill is the most ubiquitous um, and unfortunately, it's probably the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, what I see in my clients is, you know, long-term health issues um, and long-term, in some cases, amenorrhea and in some cases, infertility, ironically, when, you know, the idea was to stop them from being able to conceive and ultimately what stopped them from being able to conceive stops them from being able to conceive in the future. So, so should we run through a couple of the others just so we, if there's any commentary or anything else that we want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, well, I think we can kind of, I think you'll agree with me that the other devices that are manipulating female hormones like the Implanon or the Copper Coil, um, sometimes the Marina, I, there's probably lots of brands that we don't even know about, but I know the Copper Coil is often pitched to women as a more natural, quote-unquote mm. natural um alternative for contraception and i'll just i just have to say it's not it's still manipulating the hormones and also changing the ph of the vagina and it's i think i think the copper coil they don't use anymore but i think they now they do do. yeah and so the copper coil doesn't if i'm wrong and we i could be we can we can check and put a link to descriptions in the show notes but the marina is the more common one which is the iud and it's plastic i think and it has a slow low release, release of progesterone so it's not like originally in the maybe 70s and 80s they had a more, what was more common and maybe they still use it was the iud was made with copper mm. and no, it did I have clients that's, I've that just still had a have client it. and they just got hers taken out and it was causing her so much it pain. can cause copper toxicity for yes, a start absolutely yeah heavy metal accumulation it's actually in a lot of cases very painful and uncomfortable it's just and they have a slow release progesterone oh my god it's just crazy to me yes so um yeah i guess putting all of those in the same basket as you know as the pill then of course we have good old-fashioned condoms which you know no one really likes do they (laughs) men don't like it women don't really like it and p.s they don't biodegrade Mm, i didn't know that it's plastic basically accumulating so there's another whoa (laughs) that is intense ew imagine all the condoms yeah actually side note this isn't contraception but apparently one of the biggest polluters in the ocean is actually menstrual pads and tampons because they've got so much plastic in them to keep them kind of contained intact um that yeah basically they just don't break down but anyway pads and tampons and condoms are are clogging up our waterways which is another fun fact but um i guess on the note of condoms this is where i get annoyed because (laughs) the responsibility of contraception is always put on the woman right whether it's taking a pill, having the copper coil, even, you know, using a condom, it's really up to the woman to make sure that happens. I don't know. 
Always. If, always has been that case. It always has, right. So we can say that that is also our responsibility, even though the dude is wearing the thing. Um, and I think this is a fundamental issue because at the end of the day, it's a really potent, powerful um, well, it's, a, it's a it's a power that a man has to impregnate us, right? Mm. And that's really important to realise when people are... I don't think that's really looked at in a close way. Like, there's kind of fear around getting pregnant, but we don't recognise the potency of that moment and the responsibility that's required in that moment. Mm. And I would encourage... If there is any guys, I doubt any guys are listening to our podcast, but maybe their um, wives or girlfriends are. And I would encourage your dudes to go out and learn about their controlling their own sexual fluids and learning either the Taoist techniques or the yogic techniques of actually working with your breath to kind of circulate that energy and not ejaculate if the woman doesn't want you to and you don't want to have a baby for god's sake like this is like basic stuff but it's been completely lost out of our culture so if a guy isn't in that place where he has the capacity to consciously ejaculate or choose not to if it's not the right time then condoms are probably needed Mm. or again the women's responsibility to track your cycle and i suppose you know all of the contraceptive devices that we have suggested ultimately from our perspectives both professionally and personally we believe are subpar options for optimal well-being which is spiritual mental emotional and physical well-being and certainly you know if someone comes and sees me and whether they're totally you know oblivious to the fact that they're taking the contraceptive pill or whether they have a lot of hormonal issues going on if I see that in their paperwork I'm going to be having a conversation with them about why they're on it and how they would feel about transitioning off it because if they are serious about their health and well-being then they need to tap back into that natural cycle and start to allow their body to work naturally as it is supposed to and also you know i guess a side note or it's it's relative to the conversation you know in the context of fertility i think and this is where potentially sex education falls down if we even get it you know we're so afraid we're really conditioned to be afraid of conceiving before we choose to consciously conceive. So we're constantly, which is why the contraceptive pill is ultimately, I think, quite appealing, because we're so worried that we can just, you know, probably a man doesn't even have to ejaculate inside and we could possibly be pregnant, you know, but ironically, or maybe not ironically if they're on the pill, but ultimately a lot of women discover when they do try and have a baby is that, there's a very small and magical window when a man ejaculating inside of you will, you know, result in a, an embryo being formed. You know, it's 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 a very short window and with that in mind, it is actually quite easy 
to manage your contraception without any drug intervention. Mm -hmm. And maybe we should talk about that. Well, I think if that's going to be the case, then it needs to be a major conversation with your partner. And if that, you know, if you're not in a long-term relationship, then, you know, it's a different conversation. But let's just assume you are in a partnership then, like I said, the guy needs to take responsibility for his sperms. And if he can't have the, you know, if he doesn't have that um, capacity to be conscious about when he's leaking sperms out everywhere (laughs) or not, then, I mean, to me, it's just like, man up. It's like such a childhood boy thing. Like, this is what we need to expect from our men to take responsibility for their energy for their power and you know it doesn't have to be a that can in itself elevate the sexual relationship to the next level bringing more consciousness to it in that way even if it's just like at the initial if the initial conversation is just around you know conception and contraception just having that awareness about oh this is actually a choice and we're going to do this deliberately or abstain from doing it and when I say doing it I mean ejaculating then that is in itself elevating yeah the whole relationship the whole intimacy and also you know we can also I mean and we've spoken about this in the periods episode but and learning to read and flow with your cycle is a beautiful way of interacting with the different sort of energetic capacities of all sorts of things in your life. And we've, you know, go back and listen to that particular episode in season one about our periods. But I think it's a, as much as it's the man's responsibility to manage the sperms, as you like to call them, it's also our responsibility as women to manage the egg to understand to understand our cycle and to manage the egg and to uh, and to understand when the egg is going to come out of course it's a balanced you know interaction both people have to be aware about what they're doing it's not like we're placing all of the um expectation onto the dude yeah we need to be and we i think there's beyond the contraception there's so many things uh, beyond just that, why it's important and really, really valuable to track your cycle. It's, I mean, it's something that has sort of edged its way into so many of our conversations because yeah, it's, it's life changing. Because you know, like I said, it's our biological imperative. It, it probably our fertile years are potentially for some of us one of the longest sort of stages of probably if we were to call them in simple terms the three stages of sort of the maiden, womanhood the mother and the crone and the crone exactly so it's it's a it's a long and extended period of our life and it's it's broken up into segments very clearly identifiable segments that we should be observing honoring um leveraging you know to just honor our well-being and and uh i guess at the expense of sounding woo-woo i know we don't like that word but honoring the divine feminine on so many levels for sure this is how women have evolved to um 
navigate the world for thousands and thousands of years women run on the lunar cycle right so our menstrual cycle is a reflection of the moon cycle the lunar cycle whereas just while we're talking about men and women the men run on the solar cycle the cycle of day and night and that's why we have such massively different energy capacities men and our whole obviously our culture is set up by the male through the male lens to run like clockwork day in day out they have the energetic capacity to do the same thing every single day at the same time and they have the same level of energy you know each day on a daily cycle whereas women our energy levels fluctuate through the course of a month we're not running on a daily cycle. We're running on a monthly cycle. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And that's how we're wired. That's how we've always been wired, which is another reason why it's so important just to return to nature. There's like so many things in our culture that are blocking us from that, whether it's blue light or bloody EMFs or living our work in the city. schedule, living in the city, not eating seasonally. Like there's just so goes many on things. and on. But back to contraception... Um, yeah, I think tracking your cycle is really empowering, especially in the conversation of contraception. And even just to come back very quickly, you've reminded me of something that, I mean, what I read in this amazing book, which I'll, I'll add in the end as my recommendation, and that sort of triggered my decision to drop the contraceptive pill was that taking a contraceptive device of any description, it blocks your intuition as a woman so your power as a woman everyone's power lies in their ability to connect with themselves which is our inner being which is ultimately intuition which is ultimately our feeling our body our feeling which is ultimately just a little sort of helping hand uh guiding light that just helps us to make better decisions it doesn't have to be you know some voice in our head telling us predicting the future it's just it's a guiding light that helps us make wise decisions and live a more fulfilled life and the contraceptive pill is actually blocking that process that that was the big trigger for me but even just like a lot of research has actually shown that it actually um it alters the way that we smell pheromones it Mm. alters like all of these essential senses so people have said that when they you know if they chose a partner when they were on the contraceptive pill when they came off the contraceptive pill they the pheromones weren't attractive to them anymore so you know it's 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 affecting our physiology on levels sensory levels that we're not even aware of and those sensory levels are already being dulled down by so many other things. And if we want to heighten them, which most of the people listening to this podcast do, because we all want to tap into our inner being, we all want to be more intuitive and, and just feel more in, in touch and sort of guided to live a more fulfilled life, then we need to transition off these things. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what we do. Well, I track my cycle very diligently to the T. What does, what does that look like for you? Um, well, now I just use an app and I really like that. And I used to write about every day, like make, not a lot, maybe like 
a few lines each day about what I was feeling and what day I was on, where the moon was at. That was kind of my rhythm. And now technology has evolved and we have apps for this, which is pretty cool. So good. So the app is helpful because it tells you a rough guideline of when you might be ovulating and when you might uh, get your period. But of course, it all depends on the info that you put into it and it goes off averages so it's not to the it's team. not an exact science no way um so that's why i think the thermometer is really good and then also reading your body so knowing the different kind of temperatures of your body and i just said that with the thermometer didn't i but also the cervical fluid that's secreted at different times throughout your cycle stuff like that that when you start to pay attention it's quite obvious to to read and to understand and to know where you're at um so we do that and then basically just avoid the times when i'm ovulating and yeah that is pretty much exactly what i do i don't track any um temperature stuff i think that's Um, more important if you're thinking of really trying to conceive Yep. Yes. Well, I I know you're going to talk about a new device that um, you're using that's on the market, but typically with um, temperature tracking, it's sort of an observation practice. So it's about learning when, because once the mucus is down, the egg is down. So basically, so it's about learning what day that you're showing those signs of ovulation so that when you, so ultimately or ideally you you track that over three, six months and you look at the patterns and you work out, you know, it's day 14 or, and so you, you know, have conscious um, sex without contraception on those days or the or day prior, before. the day prior. And what I do is similar to what you do. Um, I really just track through an app as well which has been amazing and I was thinking about it as you were talking and thinking I haven't actually had that many years to practice monitoring my cycle because I really didn't get a regular cycle until my mid 30s and I was pregnant by 39 so it was only like three maybe if I'm lucky four years that I had a regular cycle and I was rejoicing every sign of that cycle so I was fastidiously sort of observing and recording that cycle and I still just am blown away and amazed at that on day 28 almost like clockwork when I start to bleed I just have a little party so so but that is um that's all that I've had to do to really understand my cycle um probably along with some cervical mucus observation so I think um our recommendations or our sorry our practices are very very similar um so in terms of recommendations I am going to recommend my most treasured book um, in terms of learning about the importance of being a woman and the importance of my hormones and the importance of not suppressing any of those things like I explained at the beginning and that book is called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom and I was gifted it by a friend many years ago. I would have been probably early 20s and there's been a lot of um, updates to the original edition and it's by a beautiful um health she's a gynecologist and obstetrician and just an all-round amazing human and her name is christine northrup 
And there's also some information in there by Carolyn Miss, who is also amazing, amazing, amazing. So, yeah, that was... Prof- they must be friends. They must be friends. That's cool. Yeah, Imagine their cool. Imagine their conversation. Power, power couple, power friendship. So, yeah, I that book was deeply transformative for me. And what are you going to recommend? Well, like you said, there are a couple of apps that I really like. Um, I think... A really awesome one is Clue. Another really good one that includes a thermometer and that's very easy to use and to understand is Daisy. We'll link both of those in the show notes. But I really want to, I'm very passionate about shifting the responsibility to the dudes and really asking them to man up in this department because, I mean, it's about time. So I'm going to recommend some resources on that. The first one, which is like your entry level, trying to persuade the dude maybe to take this on as an idea, is a podcast episode by Nick Broadhurst, which we'll link below. I think it might be called... It's called Conscious, Conscious Ejaculation. Ejaculation. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a good entry level, little teaser, taste tester. But then there's some awesome books. There is The Tao for Couples, um, which is more of like, yeah, The Tao is more traditional Chinese lens or then there's like the more tantric yogic lens which there's a really cool book called um, The Multi-Orgasmic Man that I recommend highly recommend and then there's also the highly multi-orgasmic couple but just start with the one for the dudes if you can get your dude to look at these things hopefully it's it's a masculine empowerment practice if they don't see the value in it then well maybe it takes a little bit of time to kind of yeah maybe educate them a little bit on the value but it is definitely valuable and very empowering for them so instead of leaking all their energy and prana and spermies out everywhere so that's what i'm recommending all of it will be linked in the show notes all of it as always will be linked in the show notes and i think that that's a wrap that is it Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Elevate. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. For any further updates with me, you can come along and follow me at Instagram. I'm at at Shopkins Health. And if you'd like to stay tuned with me throughout the week, I'm at yoga underscore alchemy on Instagram. And what we would love right now is if you can hit subscribe, leave us some stars, leave us a few words, any questions or feedback we love to read. So keep it coming and have an amazing day. Hey, it's Amanda. I'm quickly popping in to tell you about a special offer that you won't find anywhere else but here. So with the code ELEVATE, that's E-L-E-V-A-T-E, simply pop that in to receive your first month off free in Paths to You. And once you're inside, there's a suggestion of exactly how to start your journey. Of course, you can also choose your own adventure create your own pathway, maybe starting with Ayurveda and discovering your dosha, maybe moving through the passion, power and purpose workshops, which is all about living a more meaningful life. And you'll have unlimited support through all of the embodiment and yoga practices. One of the most beautiful things about Paths to You is that you'll receive access to our free and private membership area, which is where your like-minded, like-hearted crew are hanging out 
and you'll also get access to my online class which happens once a month where you can ask me any questions that you might have about your practice about health and of course soul alignment so i hope you find this episode super elevating and i'll see you in paths to you